Yeah, I think a lot of um, corporations are kind of put a Band-Aid on corporate wellness or, or you know, fitness-related programs by saying like, hey, you could go onto our corporate intranet. You've got these discounts and, you know, we'll let you use your flexible spending account. But let's say you thought of your company and your people as players on a professional team. Every professional team has a strength and conditioning coach. Why doesn't a corporation? Why isn't there a head of player personnel to make sure that people, if they have an issue, like it's not, should I have to go to HR and talk to someone that I've never met? Or is there someone that's like, I'm human capital, right? So uh, any kind of sporting team views players as assets, you know, and I got to take care of my assets. Welcome to the Outperform Podcast. My name is Scott Welly. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Outperform the Norm, a global movement that helps people achieve peak performance in their personal and professional lives. I've spent my life working with top performers in business as well as athletics, and each week it's my aim and mission to bring you an inspiring person to share their personal stories and insights, or perhaps it'll be a personal message from me, but with one very simple goal in mind, to help you outperform. Your time is precious, and I want to thank you for spending it with me here today. But just one small ask before we get started. If you find value from this podcast, the greatest way that you could possibly thank me would be to head on over to iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be and give it a five-star review. Also share it with somebody that you know that you would like to help outperform so we can all grow this movement together and strive to make the world a healthier, happier, higher performing place. Once again, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. Pete Moore, welcome to the Outperform Podcast. How are you? Scott, great to be here. Thanks for uh, having the opportunity to be on your uh, your podcast show and look forward to uh, talking to you today. It's awesome having you on. First things first, when you hear the word outperform, what does that mean to you and how do you define outperforming in your life? You know, I set pretty high goals for myself uh, personally. So when I can exceed my own expectations, uh, that to me is outperforming. So, you know, if I have my own budget uh, or certain things I want to get done in my life or, you know, with my personal trainer and he says you could do 10 reps and I do, I do 12, I'm outperforming what, someone else thinks or what I think I can, uh, I can achieve. So taking that one next step. Have you always been wired that way? Or is that something that's kind of evolved over time? I mean, that's a great question. You know, I, I, uh, I like you used to play uh, sports back in the day and um, you know, I was always the, uh, the soccer goalie. I was always the guy who played defense. So I was, my goals were not, to win the game, uh, my goals were always to help the team not lose. So, you know, when I look at, you know, what my, my outperform was, was basically to do my job. And if there were things that I could do that were extraordinary to make that happen, um, you know, that, that, that was important. But I was never the guy that was, you know, the reason why we won, but I was the reason why we didn't lose. So I kind of have taken that ethos of, you know, I'm here as like a trampoline for people. It's not about me. Integrity Squares doesn't have my last name in it for a very purposeful reason because it's not about me. It's about the team and what, you know, we can do to support others. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like the philosophy. Awesome. Uh, so I want to 
jump into Halo, which was part of how we got connected, why I was interested in having you on the podcast. And for everybody out there watching, listening, Halo stands for Health, Active Lifestyle, and Outdoors. And one of the first things that I noticed when I went on the website, and this is something that I've thought about and I try to do with Outperform the Norm, is I, I talk about it. parts of it could be tactical, but it's more of a movement. It's more aspirational instead of tactical. And when, when I went on the Halo website and I looked at the Halo pledge and I looked at some of the rhetoric behind it, it was very aspirational as far as how we, how we should live our lives seemed a lot to be kind of butterfly effect on the positive impact we can make on others. So can you talk to the audience a little bit about what Halo, two-part question, what Halo is and how you created it and kind of got to this point? Yeah, it's a great question. I'll, uh, I'll give you the, uh, the, the personal reasons and also the business reasons. Um, so for the, I, I was, uh, was lucky enough to get into Harvard Business School. Uh, graduated there in uh, 1999. Um, anyone who's been to business school, they somewhat brainwash you to, you know, come up with big ideas and run really hard. And if you fail, um, you know, worst case is you got a Harvard Business School degree and, you know, you'll pick up the pieces and you'll be okay. So it's, it's going to hit home runs. Um, I went down and I worked for a private equity firm down in Florida as my first job out of business school at the ripe age of 27, I became a resident of Boca Raton, which most people do not do at the age of 27. Uh, I started working at this private equity fund that uh, was a $200 million fund and it was had a mandate to go and buy small businesses and grow them and then sell them. This is kind of the, the business model. Um, so they owned an aerospace parts company and agricultural tank business and a chemical company that made the blue chemicals in the uh, toilets of uh, airplanes. And right when I started working there, they had a letter of intent to buy Gold's Gym International. And being an athlete back in the day and looking around the room at the partners and the vice presidents and associates at this private equity fund, uh, I quickly realized I was definitely the only guy that owned a tank top and definitely the only guy who actually had a health club membership. So I kind of drafted myself onto this deal team and haven't left the fitness industry since. Um, so I got enamored with, you know, being able to be in an industry where you can make people happy. You know, you can be yourself. Um, it's not very technical. Uh, I'm not the most technical guy. So, you know, doing uh, at one firm I worked at, uh, they wanted me to do water filtration and nanotechnology investment banking and, if you're not passionate about something like that, it's hard to get, get up in the morning. But if you say, hey, I want to go and build, you know, 100 fitness studios or 100 health clubs, I'm like, that's like, that's what I want to do. So I should be the guy to help you do that. Um, so I started up a software company that was basically a salesforce.com for the fitness industry after working at the private equity fund. Uh, and then when it was basically a banker, which is kind of a glorified name for a business broker. Um, and I focused only on the health and fitness industry, putting deals together such as Massage Envy, uh, some transactions with LA Fitness, uh, an introduction that led to an investment in Equinox uh, Crunch Fitness. So I kind of became the, the banker that you would go to uh, if you were looking at a health club deal. I had worked in the industry and I had some really you know, good view on what operators were strong 
you know, how you think about that business, how you evaluate the business. And then about 10 years ago, I started on my own firm uh, called Integrity Square. Uh, so I was like, a, I was just an entrepreneur, just like a lot of the people on your, your listener base here probably. Um, and I uh, used to live in Union Square, New York. So we'd always say, let's meet in the square. And I, the word integrity has always been, you know, a very deep word to me where, if, you know, you have integrity, that, that's all that matters. If you don't have it, that's kind of all that matters either. So, you know, we kind of view integrity squares. If you have integrity, you're allowed in the square. And if you're a client of integrity square, you're protected by the square. So when you do financial transactions, you know, it's like playing your first game of chess. There's no way you're going to win unless you have somebody who can actually coach you through that, you know? So um, we've kind of kept that, you know, like old school type of, you know, sports mentality of, you know, we're going to help people win or we're going to make sure you don't lose, you know, and that's, that's an important part of, of our ethos. And I was telling people for the last, until about 2018, I would tell people I'm a health and wellness banker. And every time I used the word wellness, I felt like it dropped like a dead mic. And nobody ever comes to you with, I got this awesome wellness idea. It just, it just doesn't fit together. So I Googled the word wellness and found out that there was a guy at the Mayo Clinic back in the 1920s who was a biostatistician. And he was looking at the data saying, oh, everyone's getting sick. We got to come up with the opposite of illness. So it came up with wellness. So basically, if you're not sick, you're okay. Which for guys like you and me, or, and probably most of your listeners, that's not outperforming. That's mediocre. And, you know, staying out of the hospital is not, you know, a, a goal. That should just be obvious. So I woke up one morning thinking about all these different letters and came up with Halo, Health Active Lifestyle Outdoors. And we were able to trademark it. My partner and I, Dave Gannell, and we trademarked Halo and we're trying to create the Halo effect. And we're also trying to help these companies that are trying to define themselves in ways that are not really hitting the universe of who their consumer is. So we got people that come in and say, I got a better for you food, or I got a better for you beverage, or I'm a resort company and I'm trying to focus on active lifestyle, uh, or I'm a paddleboard, you know, company. So the question is like, okay, can we take this industry that's like food, beverage, retail, health clubs, fitness centers and say, hey, you're part of actually this entire universe. Like the whole consumer sector should really be called the halo sector. So we have an initiative where we're trying to get people to not use the word wellness. It's okay if you do, but you know, over time we think that investment banks and companies will say, you know, I'm a halo company. And that halo pledge is, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to make people healthy and happy. And I am going to eradicate uh, obesity and loneliness and diabetes because the only way those things get solved is by people changing their behavior. And I, I, I can't stand, I'm very transparent, so I'll just give it to you straight. When someone's like, I'm racing to the cure, well, why don't you just make sure nobody gets the disease so we don't have to spend any money, we don't have to do any events to go race for a cure for something that I can tell, I know how to fix it. Just like live a healthier lifestyle. So that's what we're trying to do. And I love the fact that you brought up wellness because I've heard that from you a couple of times. And, you know, my book, I'll Perform the Norm, is segmented into health, happiness, and high performance. And 
One of the things I often talk or I actually mention at the start of the health chapter is the definition of health is the state of being free from illness or injury. And I start off the chapter just saying, shouldn't we have higher standards than that as far as what it means to outperform or what it means to actually be healthy or be well? Um, we should set our sights higher than that and find a different way to define it. So I appreciate the fact that you brought that up. Just on a big picture kind of scale, why do you think more people don't invest in their health or their wellness and don't take pride in doing the things that they need to do to you know, be able to be their best every single day? Like, why, why isn't that a bigger part of our lives? And I know that that's a large question. I'm curious to hear your perspective. Well, I mean, you know, if you think about where it begins, it always begins in, in how you grew up, you know, and what kind of food you, you eat as, as a kid. So when I see like some 10 year old that's got, you know, type two diabetes, you know, that kid did nothing to deserve that except sit at the dinner table and eat what he was able to eat. Right. So there's an education issue. And look, I mean, you go back to, you know, you're probably a little bit younger than me, but we didn't know anything about nutrition. You know, I used to like go to a, you know, play basketball at, you know, 6.30 at night. And what did I eat that day? I eat like a meatball hero sandwich, you know, French fries and like a chocolate milk. You know, that's what like was, with that that was like your, your meal prep, right? And then you look at, you know, what it costs to shop at a Whole Foods and go organic versus, you know, somebody going and picking up a, uh, you know, a pizza and bringing it home. You know, kids get conditioned to, you know, eat this junk food. And, you know, that's part of the problem. And then I think our society has allowed people to become, to have the freedom to, to, to hurt themselves. You know, like if you think about this, like I read this article the other day that really pissed me off. It talked about casual dining restaurants making the booths bigger so they can accommodate larger size people, you know. They give you like a seatbelt extender. Granted, there are people that have thyroid issues and there are people that, you know, have weight problems and are taking medication. So this is not, there are people that have that and there's nothing you can do about it. But there are people, you know, as a choice, you know, on average have another 25 to 40 pounds that they're, you know, walking around with. And they're, they're just a time bomb on themselves. And once you get to that extreme where, you look in the mirror and you don't like the way you look. I think it, it psychologically takes energy out of you. And I think it's hard for you to physically and mentally outperform because you've destroyed like your, your engine, like your body's when someone's like, you know, what should I eat? I'm like, well, think of your, your food as fuel, right? Your body's a machine. So if you're going to put, you know, stuff in it that, that you know what it does to you, which is basically, you know, everyone's like, oh, I got, you know, I'm fat. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're storing energy, right? If you just get out, get the energy out of your body that you're storing, you, you got to be, you know, you get to lose weight. Like, that's how it works. So, yeah, that's part of the answer. So, I think it's it's discipline, you know, it's, it's habit. And it's also like society saying, you know what? It's okay if you want to, you know, I'll make the seats bigger for you. And I'll give you a seatbelt extender. What if we don't do that? I 100% I agree. Yeah, I, I, but that's not politically correct right now, but Hey, look, we got a healthcare, we got a healthcare issue here, you know, and, and all these medications that they uh, put on cable TV, you know, with all these names like Trulicity or, you know, I don't even know, but it's like 30, 
seconds of like what it does for you. And then 30 seconds of the side effects. One, I'd rather just have whatever my, my, my illness is right now for the side effects. But I would say to someone like you're, I would actually have like a government mandate. You're not allowed to take that drug unless you do a 10 week boot camp first. And then you can qualify because most of these people, they go to the gym and they eat better. Then they're have to take those drugs. Yeah. God, if only we could do that. <laughs> I'm totally seeing eye to eye with you. So I, I want to actually pivot this to, I mean, we have health problem. Obviously, we have a health care problem. Let's pivot it to the corporate sector. And, you know, when I look at companies and especially the ones that I speak to, I mean, you're the human capital part of it. And we all know that employees, if they're healthy and if, for lack of a better term, we're going to call it employee wellness, you know, if they would be healthy and well, they're going to be more productive. They're going to have less sick days. They are, I mean, they're going to be better with their teammates. There's, there's just so much different data out there that shows that the best companies are the ones that have healthier people. So when you look at especially the corporate sector, what are some of the biggest, I guess, mistakes or opportunities for change that you see in companies and what should they be doing differently to be able to invest in their people to have better health and better wellness? Yeah, I think a lot of um, corporations are kind of put a bandaid on corporate wellness or, or, you know, fitness related programs by saying like, Hey, you can go onto our corporate intranet. You know, we've got these discounts and, you know, we'll let you use your flexible spending account. But let's say you thought of your company and your people, as players on a professional team, you know, every professional team has a strength and conditioning coach. Why doesn't a corporation, you know, why isn't there a head of player personnel, you know, to, to make sure that people, if they have an issue, like it's not, uh, should I have to go to HR and talk to someone that I've never met? Or is there someone that's like, I'm human capital, right? So uh, any kind of sporting team views, you know, their players as assets, you know, and I got to take care of my assets. And I think companies are starting to, to get it. But, you know, if you don't pay for your employees, you know, health club membership, just at a basic level, you know, 40 to $60 a month, or give somebody like, hey, look, here's a credit card. You can only use it for fitness-related activities. It's got $300 a month max on it. Like, those are simple things that, you know, the, 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 the breadth of people that would take advantage of that you know, would be, you know, I think you'd have a cultural shift if people were, were doing that. And then you'd have some peer pressure to say, hey, Scott, what'd you do? Uh, what'd you do this week? How much money you got left on your account? Like, come and do the soul cycle class with me, or let's do try out CrossFit, or, you know, come do this Ninja Nation, you know, obstacle course with me. So you almost like turn into, you know, like an entertainment tool and also like a bonding tool within your corporation. Um, because, you know, once somebody goes and, and goes to the doctor or, or goes to the hospital one time, you know, it's, it's three X what you just paid for, you know, preventative healthcare. Yeah. I sometimes call it prehab instead of rehab. Yeah, exactly. Is, exactly. is a good way to look at it. So, I mean, for the people that might say, because I think you and I, and probably a lot of people listening to this actually intuitively, this makes sense. We know that we should be doing this, but if you're speaking to someone about it and if they're saying, well, if I'm going to pay for my employees, uh, healthcare or, or health membership, health and fitness membership for 40, 60 bucks a month. Well, show me the ROI on that. What's the ROI going to be? What do you say to someone like that? 
You know, there, there's definitely groups out there that that are able to show the ROI now to the CFO and, you know, say, here's how much we're going to bring your, your healthcare costs down by. But, you know, I think in this day and age, it should be something I have to put into an Excel spreadsheet. You know, you as like the head of HR should just think about yourself and your friends and what are they doing to optimize themselves and how could we be a part of that journey? You know, so that's been always the stumbling block. That's why the sales cycle to sell a corporate wellness, you know, account has been, you know, years. And when companies, you know, downsize, you know, they start cutting their, their corporate uh, wellness budgets. You know, that's the last thing you should cut. So, you know, I think it's conversations like this and it's, you know, people that, that haven't gone to the doctor. I mean, when was the last time, not putting you on the spot, but I mean, I've been to a doctor for anything that, you know, affected me six years. You know, I just, I mean, I work out five times a week, you know, and that, that, that's my, that's my hospital. You know, that, that fitness center, that boutique studio is, you know, part of, part of it's kind of like, it's like my religious organization that I belong to, you know, so uh, it's where I kind of meditate as well and, and come up with ideas. So, you know, I think it's conversations like this where it just, just become the norm um, and not necessarily in the spreadsheet, but, but people are still looking for those numbers. So I agree with you. That's, it's a hurdle. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm completely with you. I can't tell you last time I went to the doctor. Like I sometimes wonder why I even have insurance because I never go and I understand right. you need it, but it's not the type of thing that, that I ever use. Other, so other than some of the things we've talked about, are there any other glaring gaps that you see maybe on uh, the corporate wellness side of things or as far as just really getting people to buy into health, active lifestyle, outdoors in a bigger way with where we are either as a society or within companies? Yeah, look, I mean, I still go to, um, you know, some of these, uh, well, before COVID, you know, you'd go to some offices and you'd still see their, you know, spread of snacks out there. And, you know, I, I like an M&M just as everybody else does. But, you know, you know, the one person I'd like to go after, if you know who this person is, is the one that does the serving sizes. You know, they're, they're like, like a Ben and Jerry's pint of ice cream is not a four serving size. That's a one. Right. <laughs> so, like, let's just be honest about it. Or somebody goes into an airport and they, you know, they think they're eating healthy and they go get a, you know, a trail mix. They don't realize that that's nine servings you know, of trail mix. So it's like, Hey, you think you're eating healthy. You just consume 90 grams of sugar, you know, divided by four, you know, that's like, you know, 18 teaspoons of sugar. They just put in your body and now you're going on sitting on a flight. So, you know, like I think companies need to you know, get rid of all these snacks that have all the sugar in it. Um, you know, reward people. Like when you bring in a company event, you know, don't go, don't bring in pizza, you know, bring in, you know, healthy wraps, you know, like there's certain things that companies still, it's not part of like the holistic mission. It's like, Hey, we give you this corporate, you know, wellness program, or we'll like have somebody come in and everyone's going to get a back massage every, you know, Thursday for 20 minutes. And it's almost like a box that they check, but it's got to be the whole company. And like everything you do, you know, has got to be part of, does that fit with like our culture and like our physical and mental mission. I don't think people are there yet, but they'll get there. But it's going to take people like us to like evangelize it because it's not obvious to, to everyone. 
And you have such a unique skill set between being able to understand, obviously, the financial and business aspects of, of just running a business, but you also get the fitness part of it as well. So when you look into the future of, I understand we're in COVID times, lots of uncertainty going on right now, but when you look into the future as far as where you would like Halo to be and the, the impact and the dent you would like to make in the universe... Where do you see that being in maybe one, three, five years? And what do you see the landscape of, of Halo looking like? Yeah, so, um, you know, as I told you before, when we started out, you know, I, I was the soccer goalie back in the day. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that the right companies and the right entrepreneurs are able to get access to capital so they can accomplish the Halo goals. So I know I can't do this myself. You know, you can't do it on your own. But companies that have missions and initiatives and products and services that can change the world have to get funding because nothing happens without money. And the only way you can get really smart people to work in any industry is you have to have a base salary that allows them to go and give up their job at the consulting firm or, you know, the bank. You know, you got so many people that come to us and say, oh, I'd love to work in the in the fitness industry, I can't afford it. You know, like there's not enough, you know, C-level positions or, you know, the only way those positions were formed was by private capital coming in or a company and an entrepreneur, you know, betting the farm on, you know, like a cliff bar or, um, you know, a balance bar and that turned into something big or, you know, vitamin water, you know, like Fiji water, you know, they've got Fiji waters. I mean, it's water from Fiji in a bottle, right? You know, they've got, people that make six figures there, you know, that, that used to work in consulting or worked in some other corporate job. And now they think that, you know, they're helping people, you know, not drink a can of Coke, you know, that's 66 grams of sugar. So, so our goal is to say, to give people the ability to say, Hey, I'm not just like this specialty drink that's going into fitness boutiques. You know, I'm, I'm part of the halo movement and over a three, it's not going to happen in one years, but over a three to five year period, I want these investment banks that are covering Peloton and um, Weight Watchers and Planet Fitness, you know, all those equity analysts that, that are basically like tastemakers, if you will, for, for buying stocks and people buying stocks to say like, hey, we cover the halo sector. We're not like specialty retail. We're not like active lifestyle. We're not, I'm not a wellness analyst because halo is everything. It's what I put in my body. It's how I live my life. It's where I work out, it's the product and services I consume. So my goal is to basically be known that like, hey, I was like Captain Halo. That's my goal. <laughs> so for the entrepreneurs, for the companies out there that want to take the Halo pledge, that want to go on that journey with you, as we start to wind down this podcast, where would you like people to go to be able to connect with you, find out more about what it is that you do, um, direct them somewhere? Yeah, so the first place to go would be to uh, just go to halotalks.com, which is our B2B podcast uh, channel. So we've got over 200 entrepreneurs and uh, evangelists in the industry and, and guys like yourself uh, that have come on. And, and, you know, we want people to just understand how we think. Uh, and then there's a, a link to the Halo Pledge. Uh, we just did a press release uh, to get window peels that say Halo certified. So all these companies, you know, whether they are, there you go. 
where these companies are, um, you know, food companies or spas or fitness centers to say, look, we care about, you know, your, your health and safety. And, you know, we're, we're spraying down the equipment and, um, you know, here, we're here to make you better. Um, and, you know, and go back to your point, you know, you can't outperform unless you take care of yourself. You know, you did this machine. I mean, the human, when someone's like, what's the best technology you've ever seen? I'm like the human body is like the, the most sophisticated machine you're ever going to find. Right. So why would you destroy it, you know, and not optimize what you could do with it? So, you know, in the halo sector, there are companies that are changing the world, you know, location by location. So think about a planet fitness, you know, you and I would probably say, Oh, that's not a place that we would work out, you know, but people are deciding whether they're going to, sit on their couch or they're you know, going to pay 15 bucks and you know, give it a shot. Let me, let me see if I can get into this industry and, yeah. you know, with, with no judgments. And then you got companies that are coming up with nootropics and they're coming up with, you know, brain optimization and, you know, weight loss products and, you know, home fitness equipment. So, you know, I want all those companies to basically have a, have a sector that they can say that they're a part of that, that's much bigger than just their product or service. And, um, you know, anybody who wants to come into this industry, I want to make sure that there are enough jobs where we don't have to say no. You know, there's there's no place for you because, you know, we can't pay you. So yeah. capital brings jobs. Entrepreneurs come up with ideas. Those ideas come and turn into big companies. And that's the way you change the world, you know, in, in a capitalist society. You know, it's got to be the companies that drive it. Yeah. Awesome. So again, to everybody watching, listening, halotox.com. I will also put a link to that in the show notes of this episode. Pete, any other parting shots, words of wisdom you'd like to leave with the audience before we sign off? Um, I mean, the only thing I would say is, uh, you know, you have uh, the, the power to change yourself and that is a contagious power. So whatever you do, you know, our, our, Offices used to be us, you know, huddling over the water cooler and talking about, hey, what movie did you go to? You know, or what, you know, you know, what was your last Vegas trip? Now everyone's talking about, hey, you know, what kind of workout are you doing? Or, you know, how'd you, how'd you, uh, you know, uh, you know where, 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 what do you think of this new fitness studio? Or I'm using this new fitness app. You know, so everything's kind of moving into about bettering yourself and, you know, get, get involved even if it's a, you know, just starting out, you, you know, it's never too late to join the, the halo sector, as we say. That's, that's the truth. Pete, on behalf of the outperforming audience, we want to thank you very much for your time and your words of wisdom. We really appreciate it. I mean, appreciate your work too. Look forward to meeting you in person once, uh, once we get a vaccine or something. All right, buddy. <laughs> hey, God, God willing, we will be able to make that happen. Uh, so to everyone out there, thanks for listening, watching, and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, high performance. Have a great day. Go Halo. Later, bro. Hello, Outperformers. Three more quick things before we sign off here today. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I understand how many different podcasts are out there, and I do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset. It is our most precious commodity, and I appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. 
And if you would like to help support the Outperforming Movement and the Outperform Podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play, and give it a favorable review. And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more tools and tips and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelly.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit to resiliency and focus to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day, personally and professionally. Once again, if you'd like to access those free resources, head on over to scottwelly.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. So as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep outperforming and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.